So we're glad to have you today and excited about a new three-part series. Indeed. Exciting. I love a three-part series because it means we really get to talk a lot. (laughs) You love to talk. (laughs) They call me a long talker at my house. (laughs) (laughs) I'm taking that on. (laughs) I'm Julie Jones. And I'm David Van with the Real Property St. Pete podcast. And Remax Metro. It's nice to start this new series on how to buy a home in 2023. We did how to sell a home in 2023 a couple of months ago, but... You know, we've had some people ask us, and this is something that we would love for anyone to do anytime, is send us questions. We thought about this and said, you know, we would open up and say, hey, you know, if you're a listener and you have a couple of questions you'd like for us to answer on the podcast, please send them in. We're happy to answer those questions and address anything that you have questions about for our audience and our listeners. Our email addresses are located in the show notes, so feel free to check those out and send us a message. And one of those requests was, why don't you do something? about how to be a buyer. You have explained so much to me about being a buyer and what we need to know. Why don't you share that on your podcast? Well, that's what we're going to do today. I'm excited to go through it. Oftentimes people come to us as real estate professionals and say, I want to buy a home. Let's go looking at houses. Right. And what we're going to do is debunk the myth on why that is the right place to start. Right. I mean, that's not the right place to start because you have no idea what houses to look at, do you? And what it does when you do that is create such an unreasonable expectation of what the outcome is going to be, especially with shifting interest rates and cost of homeowners insurance in today's marketplace. If you're not doing the upfront research and preparation for buying a home, it can really be a mistake to go looking at houses. So the first thing you ask is, how much money do you have? That is the best first question. (laughs) But people don't like that question, do they? They really don't. No, they don't like that question. They bristle at that question. You don't really care how much money they have. You really only care about what makes sense for you to purchase. How much money do you want to spend? What can you afford? And what are you comfortable spending, right? Yeah, that's the most important thing. What are you comfortable spending? So there's two scenarios. You can either pay cash for a home or you need a loan in order to purchase that home. And so the reason that we're asking the question, how much money do you have, is to first sort out, are you paying cash or are you getting a loan? And secondly, if you're getting a loan, how much money do you have to put as a down payment and how much are you going to need to mortgage? And what is that going to look like in a payment? Right. And people say this sometimes. They're like, you're buying a payment and that's what you're buying is a payment because you're like, okay, this is what I got to pay every month. What type of house is supported by this level of payment in my monthly income? And so it's a really good question because there's a lot that goes into a payment. So your payment in includes the principal amount of your loan, the interest on the loan, your property taxes, your homeowner's insurance. And if you're not putting 20% down on the purchase price, it can also include private mortgage insurance. Or flood insurance. Or flood insurance. If you're buying in somewhere that has a mandatory homeowner's association, it would also include your homeowner's association payment. So all those things together become the payment. Correct. And so you may say... Uh, okay, I don't want to live in an old house because the insurance is expensive. I don't want to live in a flood zone because the flood insurance is expensive. There's other ways of reducing your payment that are possible, but 
you know, you have to choose a home that supports that. And when you're making budget plans, I think it's important to know that list of items really ideally should be not more than 25% of your take-home pay. And so doing this upfront work of finding out what the payment amount looks like at a certain purchase price based on the amount of money you have saved for a down payment and what the actual costs of the loan are going to be is the most important part of buying a home. It's the most bristling part of the conversation. So you can almost never start with that conversation. But we know lots of neighborhoods that support different prices. But until we get to the price, we can't begin to eliminate neighborhoods or add neighborhoods to what the search might be. And I think that's a nice conservative number, 25%. But you know what you're actually talking about is those ratios that the lender actually puts out that are like debt-to-income ratios. So that type of ratio that the lenders put together, that includes all the things that we just talked about. You know, I don't know what those ratios are, but we refer you to a lender who is very smart about this type of thing, and they can help guide you to what is the right ratio for you. And then again, you still have to be comfortable with it, right? Sure. You can have a pretty high income, but a conservative payment amount requirement. And so you might qualify for a larger loan than you're comfortable with the monthly payment based on your lifestyle. And you mentioned a scenario earlier about a retired couple who was taking income from a 401k, but they didn't need much money to live. But when it was time to qualify for the loan... Yeah, so it's a great example. So some prior clients that I was working with, we had sold a home a few years earlier that was at a much higher price point than what they told me they were looking for in their new home. They were in a rental property, just waiting for the right new home to come up for them. And so I was personally comfortable knowing them, knowing their financial situation and knowing what they had sold their prior home for before, but they told me they were interested in getting a loan for their new home purchase. In the meantime, from the time Time they sold their last home until the time frame we started looking, they had both retired. And so they were taking 401k retirement income. And so when I said, well, you're going to get a loan, are you taking income? And they said, yes, from our 401k, we are. And we went ahead and went out house shopping and we found a property they were interested in. There were competing offers. And in that scenario, they had not yet gotten a pre-approval for a loan. So when they went to the lender to get the pre-approval, number one, it was slow because they're both retired and they had to provide some extra documentation. And then number two, the lender said, you're taking income. However, for the purchase price loan amount that you're wanting to get, you have to be taking more distributions from your 401k in order to qualify for this loan. And they needed a history of having that income, correct? They did. It didn't need to be long, but it did need to happen before we closed. Right. So to further illustrate the situation with that, we were in a competing offer. And when we submitted our offer, we were subject to financing because they needed the loan in order to purchase. And we did not get that first deal that we made an offer on, which was probably a more ideal home for them Mm -hmm. because our offer had a financing contingency and the other offer did not. Right. So roll forward a little further. And once they had connected with their lender that they were going to use, the lender put us in a really strategic position for our next offer in that we had a week or so of working with the lender. The buyers provided a lot of documentation. They took their distribution that they needed and the lender was able to provide them with a conditional loan approval. So them as a buyer were already approved. That's huge. And put them in such a secure position 
option with their financing that they were able to waive their financing contingency. So the only thing that was necessary for their loan was that the home actually had to be approved. In other words, Right. Be subject to an appraisal. It, it, you know, and those are the two parts of it. The buyer has to be approved and then the house has to appraise or it has to be approved also. And so on our next deal, we were also in a competing offer. They were happening to buy in, in a very popular community. And our second offer we made looked like a cash deal. There was no financing contingency and we were able to win that. And look, I think this illustrates like these are people I know. I've worked with them before. We were socially connected and I knew that they were eligible to qualify for what they were purchasing. But if you don't do the pre-work, you can be putting yourself in a situation to lose out on a property that you really want. Right. And that is part of the buyer consult. So when you get together with a buyer for the first time, in your situation, you already knew them. And we still had a situation where maybe that could have been done better. Yes. But same thing, you get together with somebody who you don't know who's a new buyer or you know or you don't really know exactly how much they want to spend or are capable of spending. That's what this first episode is really about is what do we do first as a buyer? And the number one thing is get pre-approved for a loan or figure out how much cash you have to use for a purchase. Right. This is not just the amount of cash that you have for the purchase. There's some additional expenses that go along with buying a home. Even if you're paying cash, you have some inspection costs that can be anywhere from $500 to $1,500, depending on what kind of inspections you need. Correct. In fact, I had somebody face up to that. A new buyer doesn't realize that when they have a home inspection, you know, they're going to owe three to five hundred or even more to the inspector out of pocket right away. I mean, and to a new buyer in a lower price point, that's a little bit of a surprise. Mm -hmm. In addition, if you're paying cash, you have to pay your insurance in full up front. And so you have the insurance premium amount that you would have to pay. So if you're getting a loan, then your insurance is rolled into your loan. And it's just a few months. Yes. You have a few months of prepaid insurance. So, you know, that's the first big step. After that, you can really decide how to spend your money. And that becomes a fun part because you start to talk about different neighborhoods and what type of home you'd like to have and how big would it be? And do you want a pool? And do you want to be on the water? And Or do you want to be downtown where you can walk to restaurants and enjoy the nightlife? You can be a whole lot more accurate and efficient if you've gone ahead and been pre-qualified, had a conversation about it, start getting hooked up with a lender and start to, you know, if you narrow that part down, then you can move forward with having fun in the right neighborhoods. And we know those neighborhoods, right? We do. And there's a lot of value in having a realtor who's experienced in the location that's your target area. Mm -hmm. Um, Right. They could give you great information about schools, conveniences, such as shopping, neighborhoods, activities, and things to get involved in once you're a member of that community. Yeah, that's right. And St. Pete's got all kinds of different communities and different price points. The value of a good realtor can be your best asset towards finding the right home. You know, what you were saying, your realtor can use your pre-approval or cash amount of purchase to help guide you to the best opportunities. And did you know that real estate agent services are mostly free to the buyer? Indeed, they are. Basically, what that means is that you're not paying them a commission. The seller actually pays the commission for their services. You shouldn't just hire anyone. 
Get the best realtor you can find. That's right. Because you're not paying their commission doesn't mean you should just hire anyone. Right. Not just somebody who started in the business or who is a friend or a family or whatever. I mean, that's not always the best choice. Someone with a lot of experience that knows all the neighborhoods in the area. And you can interview a couple of agents as a buyer. You don't just have to deal with a listing agent or somebody who calls you back on Zillow. or. That's a really good point. I want to talk about your thoughts on, because I have some thoughts as well, the value of either going directly to the listing agent or hiring someone that's working just for you. So there's some pros and cons, I think, to both. Yes, there are some pros and cons to that. I know that it is possible to work with the listing agent in a manner that has integrity and if the agent is able to execute that and not all agents are. So I think you have to use your gut, maybe do some research on the listing agent to see what their experience is, meet them in person so that you get a feeling for their expertise on that particular property and their thoughts on helping you and how they would represent you are really important. We could provide some possible questions for you to ask your agent and you judge their answers on what type of agent you'd like to have. And I think that'd be an interesting thing to talk about. Maybe somebody writes us in a request to what the five best questions to ask your potential realtor. You're making your own questions up. (laughs) We don't need you to email. (laughs) I'm just kidding. (laughs) So once you've found the right person to work with, you know, whether that be the listing agent to help you with a particular property that you've found that meets your criteria, or if you decide to work with an agent to help you with your search, it's important to create and prioritize a list of things you're looking for in your property. Things that are must-haves or desires of features in the home and then work with your agent to create an understanding of the priority level of those. That's right. And I mean, lots of times, not always and not usually, but whatever, if you have a partner and you are buying a property with a partner that the two of you together come up with what is the priority. That can be tricky sometimes. Yes, it can be very tricky. <laughs> and so I think if you have someone who's help, who's listening, is a great listener and can help you focus on the things that are the most prioritized list for you. I think one thing that is important to consider is that location is is one of the most important factors. Oh my goodness, absolutely. And so don't let the little things that could be missing from a property not allow you to consider something that's in a great location. Right, because I mean, the location is going to mean everything about lifestyle, restaurants, attractions, the type of activities. You know, that location really does mean a lot. And when you get into it with somebody who really knows what's going on, you know, the locations may seem very similar, But there are big differences between certain neighborhoods in terms of the accessibility of other attractions. And the value of particular locations from street to street can make a difference in our community. Sure. Or busy streets. The location actually within that neighborhood can make a big difference on sort of a dive down micro level. Are you near the busy street? Are you on a corner? Are you next to a commercial building? So there's certain sort of micro locations issues that you might have in a neighborhood where you say, okay, I like this neighborhood. I want to be in it. But maybe another neighborhood has a better location within that neighborhood. I think a good point to make with buyers right now is that it can sometimes take a little while to find the right fit. And so not getting frustrated with that process 
in our prior podcast episodes, we have talked about the inventory situation and how that's shifted and adjusted in the last several months. And so knowing that it can take a little while to find the right home is an important fact to understand if you're a buyer in today's market. Especially when I consider the second most important thing behind location, and I would call that condition. The thing about condition is that most of the inventory that you find is existing home inventory. And those existing homes have either been updated by the prior owner or they have not been updated. They may not have been updated in 10 years, 20 years, 50 years, or even 100 years. (laughs) Hopefully not. (laughs) So the thing is, is that when you're dealing with a lot of existing home inventory, the conditions of those homes are really all over the board. So expecting to find a perfect home in an existing home or a used home is probably an expectation that you need to keep in check and you need to understand what expectations to have when you're shopping for homes. Let's talk about how a buyer starts their house hunting process. Do you think they started online? Well, they may start their search online, but one of the things that's not clear about looking at homes online is what are the neighborhoods like? What are they nearby? What are the commercial things? And I know that they have some metrics on there that might show you an index of walkability and that type of thing. Those things are pretty good, but I like to take my client out on a ride, on a tour, let them see what the neighborhoods actually look like in person. Do they have brick streets? Are they near good shopping? Is it close where you could walk to the waterfront for an exercise? walk. Or to coffee shops and restaurants. That's always on people's list of things they're after. Right. A walkability to those things. And what does that look like? How far is it? Do I have to cross over a busy street to get to those commercial establishments? More importantly, even if there is a good walkability score, if you're walking to something you don't want to go to or aren't interested in, it makes a difference. How do you go about doing that? Well, I like to take them on a tour actually in my vehicle. I mean, we go out for a drive around and we look at those neighborhoods and I explain to them what the price points could be in that neighborhood and what are the features of being in that neighborhood. And we may spend a few hours driving around and we may only look at two or three houses, but I also, so I'm kind of unique this way, but I pull out a huge paper map that is a realtor map of our county. (laughs) And I pull out South County, which is on one side, North County is on the other side. And I kind of show them, this is the way St. Petersburg is broken down. It's a grid. And it's so, a great visual for people to help understand. So it's one thing to ride around and be looking at the small scale on your phone of where you are, but being able to use that map as a larger scale reference point is a great idea. It, a great it, tool. It, it's very helpful. And to understand the main arteries of 22nd Avenue, 9th Avenue, 5th Avenue, 4th Street, Martin Luther King, or 9th Street, 16th Street, 1st Street, each of those little corridors I mean, they're very important in which neighborhoods you're in and where they're located. And also all of the commercial development are obviously on those roads. So this is really great information. And when it's finally time to talk about home showings, we'll make sure that we can find the right one for you based on all of this criteria we've talked about today. So just as a recap, we've talked about the home buying process in 2023, starting with the finances of a purchase, whether you're paying cash 
cash or getting a loan and the importance of doing some pre-work before you go looking at homes, identifying your favorite neighborhoods and figuring out where you want to live, and then starting the house hunt. Right. It's getting prepared so that you can go out and really enjoy the house shopping experience. We really like that, don't we? We do. So in our next two episodes, we're going to delve a little deeper into the home buying process and what happens next. Right. That's the fun part. We do set up the searches in that part. We'll talk about that in the next episode. And you know, then we go out and we actually look at houses and we learn about what's good and bad about them. And that's, you know, that's a fun thing for us to do, I think. It is. So along with shopping, we're also going to talk about if we find something. And what we do then. Right. We write an offer. Great. Right. So that part is something that we have a lot of skill, right? Yes. And I I just have so many things that we can discuss relative to that. Right. So shopping's fun. Writing an offer has got that kind of nervous energy about it. But if you're working with an experienced realtor who really knows what they're doing, they will make that be a much calmer effort and help you keep that in perspective. Sure. We're going to talk about guiding you through that process and we're excited to share with you on our next two episodes in the series of buying a home in 2023 right i'm julie jones and i'm david van with real property st pete podcast and remax metro